The top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. The best reels in town, conveniently located off I-44 and exit 107, Newcastle Casino, where real gamers come to play. Big story, number five. Number five. I don't know if you know this or not, Josh, but tonight is opening night for the National Basketball Association. Oh, no. Is it? Yep. Darn it. Uh, it was uh, – I saw – I think it was on the SVP Sports Center, which, I don't know, it probably should be a staple of your sports viewing out there if you're sure. any sort of a, you know, late-night late television viewer. But uh, year 20 for LeBron's kind of wild to think about. They had a big uh, – piece that they put together with Chris Paul and you know a bunch of these guys that have been around for a good portion of it Steph Curry uh, talking about what LeBron James has meant to the league and you know just the milestones career-wise that are in sight for LeBron James I mean he's he's gonna pass Kareem this season right I mean he's gonna pass Magic Johnson in, in terms of points for Kareem right. he's gonna pass Magic Johnson in terms of all-time assists at some point this season Given a good bill of health for LeBron, right? I mean, knock on mm-hmm. wood here, but uh, just kind of fascinating. I mean, those milestones that he's about to knock off. But hey, who cares? I just couldn't care less. It's about football the NBA, season, dang man. It. Um, Oklahoma City does not start its season until tomorrow night against Minnesota in Minnesota. Seven o'clock tip there. Gosh, and they're so going to win, aren't they? So yeah. frustrating. They're going to win. Uh, here's the funny thing, too. By the way, doubleheader tonight, Sixers at Celtics, 630. Lakers at Golden State tonight at 9. Here's the frustrating thing for Thunder fans. is they're actually, I think they're actually pretty good. I think they're actually pretty good this year. But they're going to like shut up. Like 25 ev- wins good? They're going to shut everyone down when they start getting good because of this kid that everyone's trying to get. Is he out of France? I mean. Wimbanyana? Yeah. This, I, I, They're tanking again, guys. Because well, you have to be. I mean, if you're if you're not going for a championship this season, and really, even if you play your best, if you're not going for the to the playoffs, yeah, you gotta. Just the way people talk about this kid, I've not seen him play. Have you watched much of him? I watched him. Is he a stud? He's what, like seven three or something? He's seven foot two, Victor um, Wimbenyana, out of France. Yeah, he's he's pretty good. But see, so there's the thing. You're going to have probably three or four teams in Oklahoma City, Houston, Orlando, maybe Portland, that are tanking. Yeah, I mean, everybody's going to be trying to win the lottery. Here's what, here's what angers me about it more than anything else, is you really ruin guys' chances for individual awards, right? You really do. Like Josh Giddy, I don't know if he would have won Rookie of the Year last year, but he could have been in the mix, and they shut him down midway through the season. Same thing's going to happen this year, and it's just it's frustrating because – this is one of those franchise-changing dudes. And, and I just – I don't know how you fix that. You know what I mean? Like, teams are going to try and get more lottery balls. It just – it is what it is. So, Oklahoma City tomorrow night. Um, Sixers, Boston tonight, followed by Golden State hosting L.A. I think they're raising the championship banner, too. They're going to celebrate by Draymond Green punching another teammate. <laughs> yeah, I know. And everyone else in the media telling you how it's okay. One lucky fan. Come on down and get sucker punched. I, I, I've I never seen anything like this. No, it's it's honestly, it's been a, it's been a piss poor response Ooh, by Golden State. All right, big story number four. Number four. Excuse my language. Nah, it's okay. Speaking of, it was you, not me, so you can't get in trouble. I could. 
I, I, I'd be in big trouble. Can can I not say that? Is that bad? I don't know. It's probably frowned it upon. I should clean it up. No, no. I mean, no. Suffice it to say, Golden State has not uh, handled that situation very well. So everyone was mad last night because for some reason there wasn't any clear updates on the Guardians Yankees game. No, I can tell you very much how frustrating that is when you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting and you just don't know. We've we've lived it the Women's College World Series for years, right? It's like, it's raining out. What are we going to do? Ah, we're going to wait it out. All right, hour later. What are we doing? Ah, I'm going to wait a little longer. And it's kind of what baseball appeared to be doing last night, but they couldn't find a window. 3 o'clock this afternoon, Guardians, Yankees, which means another day rest for some of the Yankees starters, which is needed, and the Guardians will try to become, I think, the youngest team ever to advance to the American League Championship Series. What is the Guardians payroll? It's, it's right down. It's down there. I don't. I got to be honest with you. You know, you look up and down their roster. There's not a lot of m- mega money dudes. You know, there's. I, I like Ramirez, their third baseman. You know, Naylor's. I think he's fairly well paid. But what are they? Twenty two mil. Twenty two million. Yeah, that's it. Oh my goodness. Who's their highest paid guy? Is was I right? Yeah, Ramirez. Yeah, Jose and Ramirez. And he's making most all of the money. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Uh, all right, anyway, Guardians, Yankees tonight, and then game one of the National League Championship Series, Padres, Phillies, but nobody cares about that. <laughs> Big no. story, number three. Number three. Take you to the NFL last night where the Chargers and their injured kicker got it done. Oh, dang it. We were we were having like a perfect top five All right, here you go, here you go. Here. Let me try it again. Snap, hold, kick is up, and it is Good. Chargers win, 39 yards, MVP, Dustin Hopkins in this contest, and an honorable mention to J.K. Scott, who flipped the field twice from his own end zone. Okay, let's settle down, Matt Money Smith. The dude dropped a punt, okay? Oh, the putter who set it up where the – Stupid Denver Bronco player blocked a guy into his kick returner. Is the yeah? How is that not a penalty? I don't because he got blocked into him. The the dummy for the Broncos blocked the guy right into him. I, I thought the wait wait hold Chargers, on the dummy for the Chargers the dummy for the Broncos got blocked and the I, Chargers guy blocked him right into him. I didn't think you could throw. I didn't either. A blocker into the return man. I, I, I thought that either. was supposed to be a penalized play. You know what Ted would say? Don't get blocked. But in that instance, yeah, I don't understand how that wasn't a penalty. Poor dude for the Broncos, man. I thought, I thought that was some form of kick-catch interference. Guess not. Maybe that home crowd had him rattled. <laughs> there were twice as many Bronco fans there than there were Charger fans. I know. I'm just, was... glad, I'm just glad the Chargers kicker's okay. Yeah, did you see the rap? Did you see the wrap that he had? He had this wrap around his thigh. <laughs> he would be warming up, and then he'd like he'd rip it off. <laughs> like, what you're a kicker. Stop He's it. He's back, baby. Meanwhile, the other story that's developing in the NBA or NFL this morning, Jerry Jones, after spending a couple weeks praising Cooper Rush, is now saying that Dak Prescott will potentially be able to return Sunday against the Lions. This morning on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, he said, and I quote, well, let's just say this. He's determined to play. 
Well, he's determined. That's pretty good. I think he's going to get there. We feel like physically he's at a position that the risk-reward justifies him being able to be out there in terms of reoccurrences of the injury. So, Cowboys-Lions this weekend. I'm sure we'll have that crammed down our throat on Fox and Thank God, so it's not on Thanksgiving? No. Thank God. Boy, wouldn't that be hilarious to have the Cowboys and the Lions play each other when both are used to having home games on Thanksgiving? It's like, hey, what are you doing? Um, Big story, number two. Number two. Number two. Unless there's anything else you wanted to add on Dak. This this would be five weeks, right? September 12th was when he underwent surgery. In initially, prognosis was what, four to six? Yeah, so this is right in that window. He was wor- He was throwing last night. All right, what am I saying? Sunday night. Jones said Prescott. He's probably throwing last night, too. That's true. Jones said Prescott had a very impressive throwing session before the game against the Eagles. After the game, Dak met with the media and said it was his plan to play this weekend. So there you go. So he's back. B A C K back. Probably you could get away with not playing him one more more week. Kind of look around college football. We spent a lot. It's like 30 minutes in hour two talking about teams we thought were in the playoff mix. This, This rumor around. Spencer Sanders' injury and going back to yesterday's press conference, here was Mike Gundy's clarification on the injury report for Sanders. Uh, Let's do ourselves a favor. Y'all don't ask me about injuries, and we won't have any problems. I'm not going to tell you about injuries. I'm not going to tell you who practices and doesn't. You wouldn't reveal your hand either. It's nothing personal, but um, I'm not going to talk about who practices and who doesn't practice just because it's not fair, and it's not smart on my part. Mike, I, see, I understand it's not smart, but ABC before the game or during the game said you told him he didn't practice, and then after the game he said I don't want to talk about it. So I well, don't know why so, what, so what happened is um, Molly came and got me right before kickoff, and uh, she said we know that Spencer did not practice. We know this. We know that. About seven other things, and um, what I should have told her was that. Those aren't things that I discuss, and I will in the future. Uh, in fact, we should probably put that out from our own department, and that way we don't have that issue. But um, the players don't like it. They don't like people knowing they practice, don't practice. Um, you have some guys that have potential NFL. They don't want, even though they might know, they might not know. They don't really like it either. And it's not smart to show our hand. Um, that was a mistake on my part now that you bring it up, but it was different because it was – 20 minutes before kickoff versus talking about it during the week. Um, but really, I should have said the same thing to her. I do the local press to say, hey, I don't, those are not things I talk about. That'd be, that way it's fair to everybody. I, I would say that's probably a good point. And is, just to follow up, this more of a concern because you don't have a great backup situation and your defense isn't what, what it was last year? Um, it just depends on what it is. And uh, it, it can be a variety of things. Um, can be a non-throwing shoulder, uh, and so um, we just have to weigh our options based on where we're at and what it is, and then go on down the road. Any any type of injury is a concern for a, for a player that we have that we want to play on Saturday that can't practice as much during the week. But it's not something that we haven't ever dealt with. I mean, we deal with this all the time. That's just the way it is. Sometimes guys can't make it back for the game. Other guys have to play. Sometimes they can make it back. So, hey, backtracking to the previous clip, the NFL portion of his argument, 
And, uh, you know, I think what Mike Gundy's saying is probably correct, right? I mean, there are a lot of players that maybe would be concerned, hey, I don't want that out there in in the public sphere is common knowledge, right? I mean, aren't NFL folks going to figure out it anyways? Isn't it, like, highly frowned upon? For example, if Spitzer Sanders this season played with an injury all season long and just didn't disclose it, an NFL executive's going going to find that out, right? So, I had a friend, it wasn't Ted, who was going through the draft process, and they told me a couple years later that they had had a, a two two injury situations and an incident with like campus police the two injuries no one knew about right didn't cost him any games but they were nagging injuries but they were and the NFL knew all about it whenever he went to, and he would talk to scouts and he would talk to when he started going through the process they knew everything yeah because they've got the coaches contacts and so the, the I just wanted to take that a little bit to task because that would be the part where it's kind of my general understanding that typically they know that sort of stuff that maybe the public is not privy to. Agreed. Meanwhile, um, Steve Sarkeesian had a little bit of a fiery start to his press conference yesterday. Listen to this. All righty. Um, just a quick um, recap of the last ball game. Um, obviously, I I think it felt this way Saturday. I think it holds true. This was a good team win. It was a good culture win for us um, because it wasn't easy. Um, you know, obviously there were some self-inflicted wounds on some things that we did in game. Uh, but I think commonly in football, a couple things held true. You know, we ran the ball well, we defended the run well, and we won the turnover margin two to nothing. And generally, when you can do those things, you give yourself a pretty good chance for success in the game. And um, obviously, both both turnovers we got defensively were critical plays, you know, interception in the end zone, and then obviously the forced fumble there late in the game, uh, and our ability to kind of control uh, the fourth quarter there with our ability to run the ball, give our defense a little bit more rest, uh, I thought was important. And that's kind of been a common theme here over the last three weeks. You know, we've ran the ball well, we've stopped the run, um, and we've created more turnovers, and we've we've limited our turnovers offensively. So. I think all in all, that formula for success uh, for us is good. Um, and that's something that we're going to have to continue to do moving forward. Uh, because this week we're going to play a very good team on the road, um, a veteran football team, Oklahoma State. Coach Gundy's done a great job. That was not what I thought it was. The fiery part is where he talked about how it was a little bit later in his statement. I'm not going to bore you with the details of Sark talking. But basically, after I just bored you with a minute 20 of it. Sorry. <laughs> well, I, I want to hear him well, get fiery. The fiery part was he, he let, we had a team, they had a team meeting, and they laid everything out where they need to get better. And I don't think it was Tom Brady talking to his offensive line, but it was very pointed. Yeah. They should have lost that game on Saturday. How about th- – this is a side road here. The – Trying to decipher what Tom Brady said was kind of a fascinating subplot to this weekend. There were some interesting comments out there about that. He did a pretty good job of keeping things angled where you couldn't truly read his lips, right? He kind of had that, but I thought the whole thing was you're bleeping better than you're playing, right? Wasn't that kind of his message? So you're you're sort of shutting down the idea that he said, you know, I left my wife and kids for this? (laughs) (laughs) 
sounds like something I would say. <laughs> Josh, you're not here. I left my wife and kids for this. Let's go. I, I mean, Barstool Sports had people convinced that that was actually what <laughs> Tom Brady had said on the sideline. And that's horrible, and I don't mean to laugh at that. I, oh, I am sympathetic I'm to this. Right now. Sympathetic to, uh, obviously, what's going on. All right. Um, big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Hi. We're talking a lot about the Sooners in the bye week, right? Um, lot in hour one. In hour one, we went back through and laid out, all right, what were some things we missed? What were some things from Saturday that we maybe as we went through the full top five things we learned from Saturday's game that we might have missed? You guys brought up how great Drake Stoops was. I magnified how good the offensive line uh, played, how well Eric Gray ran it. But, yeah. We got more. 11 a.m. kick time was announced for the Iowa State game. Yeah, I deserve that from the 405. Like I said, I thought it was I thought it was later in the press conference. My bad with the clip that I cut. Previous text, pretty funny. Fiery. <laughs> the very first text was fiery. Um, yeah, <laughs> pretty good there. But yeah, I am. Um, I'm a firm believer that. You know, this bye week comes at a perfect time for Oklahoma. <laughs> Is that true? I don't know, but that's a, a good joke. Well, let's hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line next. Guys are on fire late in the show. I got more Oklahoma stuff. Uh, we'll get an update on Billy Bowman's injury. There's nothing official on it, right? But just from the timeline, it appears as if this falls where he might be available for Iowa State, which is good for the depth of that secondary. Three weeks to get right. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm just I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see what more what what's the best way to put this? What's added and what's subtracted over a bye week. In other words, I we see it every day. Can it, can it, can it, can it? Jared Canick, Jared Canick. Does that become something that you see more of? Or has David Aguebu and Deshaun White continued to improve to where they've locked that down? Stutzman. Danny Stutzman, Justin Harrington. Do we see more of him? Do we see more of a C.J. Colden? The Key Lawrence kid. Does D.J. Graham factor in as a receiver or not? Right. Yeah. I mean, a couple of weeks, is that enough for him to get up to speed where he can be a legitimate difference maker for him? Yeah. Quick break. We'll talk about it next right here on the Home of Sooner. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show, Hour 3, brought to you by Roof Tech of Oklahoma. Are you excited for the baseball at all today? I mean, I know I'm, I'm done jacked, with baseball. I'm jacked, absolutely. Okay. I'm sure it's going to be a lousy game since I'm excited for it. Wheeler versus Darvish tonight should be fun. I don't care. I won't talk about oh, it. Oh, that game? No, I'm more excited for Yankees, Yankees Guardians. Guardians. I'm all about uh, win or go home, baby. Stupid Dodgers. Plus, they made us wait an extra day, which was pretty exciting. <laughs> I didn't have much of a problem with the way they handled it last night, but I also wasn't living and dying on it yesterday either. It wasn't something where I was, are they playing? Are they playing? What's going on? I literally had dozed off on the couch during the third quarter of the NFL game last night. That's how, that's how in two things I was. That, that happened to me too. I like took a nap and uh, no. it's like, have they started yet? Oh, we're when, still in delay. When you wake up while watching a game, this happens a lot in NASCAR, right? Because NASCAR very much is good for naps. Kind of wake up in the middle of a game, like, oh, like, score? 
Okay, good. Nothing happened. That's how I felt during the Monday Night Football game last uh, night. Jim Furyk still hasn't birdied? Great. I was reading up. You know, I know this is very much in advance, but I was trying to read up a little bit on Iowa State, and I know we've got, gosh, what is today, Tuesday? So we've got a ton of time to, you know, talk about them. But I just – I knew they weren't going to be good. You and I both had them as a team that would dip a little bit. I didn't know they would be this bad record-wise. I I said they were going to be the You're cellar right. dweller. But yet, kind of like the Broncos, to where they're not very good record-wise, but yet they're, they're still very competitive. Yeah, right? and they're capable of beating Oklahoma. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, the Red River game juxtaposed against what Iowa State did versus Texas is enough of uh, the transitive property to at least tell us that, yeah, I mean, in Ames, this team can beat you if you go play poorly. But genuinely, I think it's a great matchup for Oklahoma. It's good on good and bad on bad. And I think this good on good and bad on bad, I think it favors Oklahoma. I agree. The fact that Iowa State's best portion of their personnel is defensively versus Oklahoma's offense. I mean, the fact that they're just okay offensively, well, they're not even just okay. They're, They're bad. No, they're bad. Offensively. They're bad. That sets up well for the Sooners. It really does. Are you a subscriber to that theory? Sooners could win every game, could lose every game. Are you? I know that's 100%. been a popular Teddy, popular. Yeah, okay. Me too. Me too. Yeah, a- absolutely they could. I think, you know, more than likely they're probably going to win three or four of these last five. Mm-hmm. And then that'll be that. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I saw a. I keep talking about Tattoo Baker. It was stuck in my head. Uh, who's the numbers guy? Blinken. I saw Blinken Riley in his mathematical wizardry put together some sort of combination of numbers to to kind of compare where Oklahoma was, say, statistically. And uh, Listen, I'm not going to pretend to know. I'm, an, I'm not a very smart man when it comes to math, but – he said, I ran some code to see what team from the last 20 years Oklahoma resembles. Each current college football team is most like based on offensive, defensive, EPA. Oh, man. So what did Oklahoma wind up looking like? Offensive, defensive success rates, rushing, passing rates, et cetera. I immediately regret it because Oklahoma in 2022 was most like Texas in 2021. Oh, man. It's a 5-7 and seven Texas team. There's a couple of other interesting ones on here. Uh, That's crazy. What are the odds of that? Kansas was uh, – well, I'm sorry, 2022 Ohio – 2022 Ohio State was most like 2014 TCU. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice little comp right there. How about 2022 Ole Miss being statistically like 2021 Michigan? That's something. Yeah, I mean – feels out of place right doesn't feel it like does. what you'd expect it does but it just kind of thinking about oklahoma moving forward in iowa state you subscribe to that theory now now two things i wanted to get to pay off big story number one. First, injury situation uh don't know much about billy bowman's recovery right he was there, he's been there every game you know it doesn't he's not on crutches or anything he's moving around pretty well so that's a good sign i don't know they coach talked about giving the guys a couple of days off so I think they're back at it today 
So I don't know exactly what the status might look like for him going forward, but I would assume based on the time frame when the injury occurred against TCU, uh, so that's that's four weeks, right? TCU, Texas, Kansas, boom, break, and almost a fifth week. So you would you would think that this has a good shot of being a spot for him to return. So that's a good sign. And a lot of you have asked about Marcus Major. I Again, I, Major was suited up, and he played against Texas, but I do think he's still battling what appears to be you know, a lower right in, leg injury, an ankle injury. So we'll see whether or not they're able to get him back 100% come Saturday. Or, excuse me, a week from Saturday. But the good thing is they have time. And as bad as the injury conversation was against TCU, you know, I keep my little book from the TCU game, and I've kept it with me forever. But as bad as that is, right, going through it and looking at it, I feel like they entered the bye week pretty healthy. You know, it's Ethan Downs left the game early on Saturday. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it was a concussion or a stinger or what it was. I never saw if they put him through the protocol. Con- protocol, thank you. The testing that goes into it. But it seems wild to say after how bad things were on Saturday, Josh, uh, a week ago Saturday and two weeks ago, feel like they're pretty healthy. Feel like they're pretty healthy going into the bye week. And then the other thing, I cut myself looking at bowl projections yesterday. Do you do you do this much or am I, I, I the partake. only one? I partake. Um, one interesting bowl projection had Oklahoma State and USC playing in the Alamo Bowl which would be, you know, kind of cool. Yeah. No, I mean, be Caleb Williams, Spencer Sanders part two. That's right. And it was pretty good the first time. But that would be a good matchup. Here's one that has Oklahoma State and Utah in the Alamo Bowl. That wouldn't be that wouldn't be too bad, right? But the what about for the Sooners? The guaranteed rate bowl on December twenty seventh against Big Ten number seven Wisconsin. I don't, I don't know where the guaranteed rate bowl is. Do you do you know where the guaranteed rate bowl is? Uh, I can tell you. Hold on, the guaranteed rate bowl. Oh, it's in Arizona. Congratulations, Chase Field. Toby and TJ were talking about. Well, that's the pretty other nice. Day. I'll take that. December twenty I seventh. Mean, so why not go to a place where kiss your Christmas goodbye? You, oh my gosh, my my kids would leave me. Um, the other projection for for Oklahoma in the in the whole bowl situation. Let me see here. Where did college football oh, news have Wisconsin? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Hey, it's Oklahoma versus Braylon Allen. Though I do think a Jim Leonard. That's beat. actually a horrible matchup on paper. Brent Venables would be pretty fun. Can I tell you what I am rooting for? I, I do have a rooting interest in this. Are we still tied in with the Liberty Bowl at all? Because if if that's the case, then let's let's go to the Liberty Bowl. That's actually a really good time. And in fact, in fact, college football news projects the Sooners to play in the Liberty Bowl on December 28th against LSU. Brian Kelly versus Brent Venables. Little SEC preview. Mm. Mm. SEC. All right, so those are the two things. 
No update on Ethan. Looks good for Billy Bowman. Very positive about Marcus Major injury-wise. And the bold projections have the Sooners everywhere from Arizona to Memphis, Tennessee. And the Liberty Bowl is someone who's gone. Pretty awesome, given where we are right now this season. All right, 1137, Air Comfort Solutions, text line is next. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. All right. <laughs> For the 949, the Liberty Bowl actually has a sick-looking trophy. You know, I I know that it doesn't necessarily matter to some people, but it is a pretty cool trophy, and it is a cool town, right? When you're, when you're in a situation that your ultimate bowl goal is, of playing in a Big 12 championship game, then obviously a four-team playoff is gone. I mean, Josh, that's that's that great line that I use a lot. Do you ever watch Mad TV on Fox? Will Sasso, I think, was uh, one of the stars of it. Ah, yes, Will Sasso. And they had the dating service that was called Lowered Expectations. Lowered Expectations. That's where we are. And Indeed. Liberty, Liberty Bowl would be cool. Uh, the 405 writes, I thought the report on Downs was a concussion, but prognosis was good for a return. Yeah, I don't know. I That one told me. I just saw that he never – it didn't really seem as if, you know, he was – usually with concussions, you're not on the sideline in the second half, right? Usually if you get a concussion, it's, all right, let's get you away from this. Spend some time in the locker room, get out of the light. So that I never saw him over there with side with sunglasses or anything. Tom had told us, Tom Shores, our sideline guy, had told us that's what he thought. So you might be right. But again, it, whatever it is, he's he's necessary, I think, for this team. But then there is this. I like Ethan's Ethan Downs, but why has he not lived up to his expectations? Hashtag honest question. Got off to a nice start. I think both he and Reggie Grimes did. And then the injury recently, of course, is a factor. But uh, I don't have a good reason for why the production for that duo in particular has tapered off. I think there's there's several things that factor in, right? Teams start blocking you differently. You start seeing me, and I don't know. I think he's losing some one-on-one battles, which is unfortunate. I mean, I, Ethan's a great dude, and he's going to grind and work to get better. Now, is Ethan probably going to be a first-round NFL draft pick? No. But he takes coaching well. He grinds in the weight room, and I think he's going to get better. But honest question, it's a fair question. I'm not, I'm not trying to dismiss what you're asking because, you know, there's a lot of things that at that position you do that don't show up in the set book but there's also a lot of things that you do that when they're wrong become glaringly obvious to every single fan in the stadium stripling is he healthy i i think he's getting back did he see any snaps oh you already put up your macbook well no 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 no. i got it right here i felt like he okay this is another one of those situations for me i felt like marcus stripling was out there more on saturday than he had been typically let me ask you another question now maybe our mason tom maybe i'm confusing 32 for 33 but I felt like he was out there a little bit more. 24. Okay, for for Stripling? Yeah, and he had a good tackling grade of 23.9. There you go. So I think you're starting to see – is that not good? <laughs> That's not good not at all. Not good, okay. 
I don't know the grading system on PFF. But, I mean, this is a guy that had such a great Alamo Bowl that we just expected Stripling to come in and take this coaching from Brent and, and Chavis and just take it to another level. And it just hasn't happened. Yeah. And maybe part of that is injuries. Maybe part of that is consistency. Um, But get him back on the practice field. Get him healthy. Let's see what he can do. What was R. Mason Thomas's snaps? Was he in the 30s? Felt like he was out there a lot, too. R. Mason Thomas, where are you? Because, again, like I said, you know, Miguel Chavis really preached. 20. Let's see. Okay. Not bad. Was really preaching the praises of R. Mason Thomas. And, again, both of those numbers increase a bit whenever Ethan Downs That is, one is play out. where he tracked it all the way down along the sideline. I mean, obviously you'd prefer that R. Mason Thomas isn't making that tackle 20-some-odd yards downfield. But, I mean, that shows you the pursuit and – Never gave up on the play. <laughs> From the 405. Going 7-5 and five or 8-4 and four is fine by me, considering that this time last week we all were afraid we'd go 3-9. and nine. No, I, I, look, that Kansas game, it was that for a lot of people. I mean, that was going to be the tipping point of, oh, this is going horribly wrong, or, okay, they, they can salvage this a little bit. Right, make this not a complete and total disaster. Um, <laughs> beat beat Iowa State uh, a week from Saturday, and all of a sudden we're rolling, baby. I think I'm most impressed that they got the right number of games. <laughs> I know for some reason we've had a real problem. With that <laughs> yeah, I was just looking, and in my head I was doing some math, and I was like, uh, oh. You know what? They got the right number of games, that so is, we're good. That is the correct amount of regular season Well game. done. We didn't know OU was going to have this record, too. You never know in college football. Oh, that's true. John Jay. Uh, rumor, this is from Sooner Gary. Rumor has it Gunnar Gundy went to some of the same camps as Bevel and was outperformed by him. <laughs> Are you just starting something here? Yeah, is, is there any factual basis to that? Gunnar Gundy was a nice uh, quarterback in high school. Uh, from the 405. Did I miss something? Did something happen to Ethan Downs? I know he has a shoulder issue that kept him out of the second half against Kansas. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's what we're talking. Isn't that what we're talking about here? Yeah, but, we're trying to uh, yeah, that's what figure out the about. prognosis of yeah, that's, if that's, and when he will – be back and whether or not it was a shoulder injury or he was concussed or what yeah that's so that's that's where we are i mean i just the the exclamation points the question marks i mean come on man get with let's go keep up that's what we've been talking about it's okay they can't they can't listen every single second yeah and when you don't listen every single second you take food off an eight-year-old's plate whenever you get out of this car and you say i'm not listening to plank and josh you cost both of us that gold membership on Xbox Live, too. So you think about that whenever you don't listen to all 24 – well, we're not on 24-7, but all three hours of the show daily. What's uh, – why can I not think of his name? Who's the play-by-play guy? Dave Hunziker? For, for the Oklahoma Cowboys? State? Yeah. He said something to Holcomb throughout their broadcast, and we got to keep in mind the hospital workers and the <laughs> – they can't listen to us every single second, so they're just tuning in. Time and score. Time and score. <laughs> So like that's how we that's how you and I need to start approaching this radio program. Not everybody can listen every single second. 
Um, one of you all on the radio yesterday said Duns was, uh, said Downs was in concussion protocol. Not sure which show it was. Yeah, it wasn't ours. So it was I, not right. Her right. I I again. I didn't see anything that would lead me to believe that he was dealing with a concussion issue. But like I said, you know our third guy on the sidelines down there with us, our engineer Tom, had said he thought that that was the case. It looked to me like they were working on something with his shoulder. That's that's what I thought. Uh, and then one more here off the Air Comfort Solutions text line from the 918. Robert Spears Jennings is going to be a great player. Young man is not afraid of contact. I love his game. Here's something that I loved about Robert Spears Jennings, too. Um, and I think you kind of hit on it. Man, he was not afraid to stick his face mask in there. And you like to see that. I don't know. You know, he looks good in the uniform. I know that's not a <laughs> – aesthetically, he looks the part. But, yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm a big – and you go back to last week at this time, I specifically remember someone texting in and asking about Robert Spears Jennings. And I thought, you know, I, I don't know how much we've seen him. And to me, if you haven't seen a guy a ton, I don't think they magically just start playing as a true freshman. But then, lo and behold, we went back and he'd had a few snaps over the last few weeks and looked at those numbers. And then the next thing you know, uh, he's out there what appeared to be quite a bit on Saturday with Key Lawrence. So, yeah, I think he's got a chance to be really good. All right, quick break. When we come back, let's put a wrap on this edition of the Plank Show. Get you ready for Steel Man and Thune at noon next right here on The Ref. All right, two, two notes before we get out of here. Today, the Yankees and Guardians, once known as the Cleveland Indians, go at it. And Cleveland, as a franchise, is currently looking to snap a seven-game losing streak in postseason winner-take-all games. Wow. Didn't realize that. Not not good in the elimination scenario, huh? It's the second-longest streak in, in MLB postseason history. The Yankees are looking for their first win in a winner-take-all postseason game since 2017 versus the Guardians. Oh, man. <laughs> That's great. What a stat. Uh, and then uh, for to kind of follow up on our conversation about playoffs from hour number one. Did we do that in hour one or hour two? I think it was hour two. Uh, playoff, yeah, hour two. Hour two. So if you uh, download the podcast, we have a really good college football playoff and Gunner Gundy – well, not – look at me. Mike Gundy discussion <laughs> about his quarterback situation to start hour two. But according to – the ESPN All-State Playoff Predictor, despite its win over Alabama, Tennessee still has the fifth best chance to win the national championship. Um, and by the way, they're below Alabama. Yeah. Of course they are. Ohio State is number one on that list. Ohio State currently with a let's see what is that number for some reason they made this like a video so uh, Ohio State is at a thirty percent chance, which is high odds to win the championship. Not, not, really not, high, not to make the playoffs, to win the yeah, title, to win the whole shebang. Georgia is number two at twenty five percent. Alabama three at nineteen percent, followed by Michigan at nine percent. And oh look, there's Tennessee who just beat Alabama fifth. On that list at seven percent. Wait, did you say Michigan? Yeah, they're right. They're fourth ahead of Tennessee. Gotcha. 
at 9%. So Who's, who's after Tennessee, does it say? No, they, they just gave me the top five right here. I'm sure you can find it on ESPN.com. but Probably Clemson, I'd guess, huh? You would think Clemson not getting a lot of love right now. Though they're playing really well. And DJ Uyunglele is really – you talk about a guy that seems to have bought in. Uh, he looks good. He looks good. Wow. I feel That's like it. We, I feel like we have another hour to do, but we don't. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. We're back for three hours tomorrow. Show never stops on Twitter at Josh on Ref. I'm at Plank Show. This is the home of Sooner fans. Steelman and Thune at noon, and uh, Steelman and Thune at noon are next.